for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. In every instance of the way. God, thank you for everything you're doing here tonight. Thank you for all the things you've already done. God, I, bl- I already know that there is healings that had taken place during worship. Thank you, Lord, for that, because you are who you are. You always will be. <laughs> I can always have faith in you. It's your truth, and it never changes. God, use me in any way you can. I'm your humble servant. Use my mouth to speak what you want spoken. Open up every heart, every eye to, to just receive what you have for them, Father. I know this word. It's supposed to be spoken. And Father God, because we're going to speak your word and we're going to receive your word, your word also says signs and miracles will follow. And people will be healed and walk away because, well, you're a compassionate God. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said, Amen. Ha ha, I got you. Awesome, man. Hey, so, I don't even, you know. I was going to be all like an instructor and stuff and start reading from the Bible. I already just have it, right? Right? I already have it. So, um, I got to ask, has anybody here ever had lost somebody? Lost a loved one? Yeah. I did too. I lost a loved one when I was, when I was fairly young. Um, when I was a young teenager, I lost my dad, uh, stepdad. And, um, you know, I was, a, I was a baby Christian at the time, and I was praying, God, heal him, God, heal him. I would drive back and forth to work and bath, back and forth to basketball practice in college and stuff like that, and, and I would pray that prayer. Well, he died. Um, and it puzzled me. I didn't know that God was probably up there going, I told you to do that. I'm up here with my hands tied, son. I told you to do that. That's why I sent my son. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he went down, snatched up the keys from the devil, sitting at the right hand of the throne of the almighty king. And you know what he's doing for you right now and me? He's interceding for you right now at this very second, this very minute. And the Bible also says where any two or more are gathered together, what happens? Amen, right? Isn't that amazing? Hey, honey, can we pray? Now, I love... I, I, her eyes lit up. She's like, yes. Um, and I love my wife. She's amazing. But I'm just telling you, I don't need to have my wife praying with me because I got Jesus interceding for me. He's constantly praying for me. I don't need to call Brother Wade and say, dude, will you pray for me? I don't need to do it. I got Jesus interceding for me right now. Right now, I mean, do you realize how cool that is? Like, if y'all have to close your eyes and picture that for a second, close your eyes and picture that for a second. Jesus Christ is sitting right next to, dude, he's sitting right next to God. And he's just sitting there, he's like, you know what, you know what my buddy Bill needs? Gifts of healing tonight. Revelation gifts. Let's just, let's just. Double it up. Double portion right now, Father God. Because he's your son. Amen. And I receive that. Thank you, Jesus. 
That's cool, right? So if we've all lost loved ones, right, and we have, my question is this. What would you write in a love letter to the doctor or to Jesus for your loved one to be healed? What would you write? Uh, I mean, I've thought about this a lot. I've thought, I've thought to myself, man, what would I write? Would I sit down at my desk? Would I sit down at home in the upper room? Would I sit down on my phone and text out an email to Jesus.com and, and, and reread it and say, God, my wife is dying. You need to be here now, Jesus. You need to get here now, Jesus. My wife is dying, and she loves you, and she's too young to die. We've got two little girls, and I don't know what I would do without her. Jesus, you need to get here. And I would reread it and probably delete it or crumple up the paper and throw it on the floor. I mean, what would you write? Wait, what would you write if you were getting ready to lose Miss Beautiful, Miss Jillian? What would you write? What would, the, what would the letter look like? I'm calling on you, man, right now, just like in Kenya. What would you write? What would you write, my man? Where are you at? Where are you at? That's just, that's Texas for you. Where are you at? Joe, you're an artist. What would you write? What would you write if, if, if you were going to lose your, your beautiful wife? He has no idea. Isn't that unbelievable to think about? What would I write? How many, how many pieces of paper would I have written? And how many pieces of paper would I crumple up? I would, I, would, I would write, I would use as many pieces of paper as it took. My wife is my everything to me. I can't look at her when I say that because then I'll start crying. Y'all will know I'm a sissy. Um, and that's okay. I cry a lot. What would you write? I don't know what I would write. I don't know if I could find the perfect, the perfect way to, to explain to God that this is my loved one. This is the one that you gave me as a gift, and now you're going to take her away? This is my gift. This, this is my gift. This is my gift. Right? Now, unfortunately, you heard somebody pipe up out there because it's who she is. But she doesn't comprehend that that's how the world thinks. Right? That's what the world thinks about our Jesus. They think God is taking from us. God doesn't take things away from us. God gives things to us. God doesn't give sicknesses. He heals sicknesses. God is a good, good father. He is an excellent father. He is an excellent father. I love giving my girls gifts. Golf clubs, so hopefully she'll go golfing with me. Okay, maybe there's a little bit of selfishness there. But I love giving my kids gifts, right? So if yet I'm a sinner, saved by grace, want to give gifts to my children, how much more excellent of gifts does the Father want to give, right? The Word says that, right? So let's open up to John chapter 11. We're going to unwrap some things here. Starting in verse 1, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Okay, I got to let you all into the side of my brain. 
When you guys read this, when you guys read about Martha, do you you guys go Martha, Martha, Martha? Like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha from... (laughs) I can't help but do that. Every time I read her name, I'm like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. See, reading the Bible is fun if you start thinking like that. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Isn't that amazing? Mary and Martha were sitting there concocting a letter at the, at the dinner table. That's how my mind imagines it, right? In their cool little concrete hut, however they lived back then, right? In the, in the rocks. Mary and Martha, Martha, Martha wrote, God, Lord, Lazarus is ill. They didn't write this, but I think they did. This is my own take. I think they wasted a lot of of leather paper. I I think they said this. I think they went about it like this. Lord, your best friend Lazarus is sick, who, who you used to kick soccer balls with, and he loves you. Come heal him. For, for Jesus, now that didn't work. Throw that aside. But Jesus, we played in the same neighborhood. We grew up together. That doesn't seem right either. But Mary and Martha, Martha, Martha wrote, man, they were wise women, man. They were wise women. They grew up. History says they grew up with Jesus, right? They knew him. They knew him as a little, as a little type. They knew him. They knew who he was. They knew that they had a relationship with him. And this is what's cool. Lord, he whom you love is ill. Not Lord, hey, Lazarus loved you, so come heal him. No, Lord, who you loved. See, isn't that amazing? Some of us sit out here in our lives, and we sit back and we say, God, I love you. Will you heal me? I love you so much. How much more do I need to love you? What do I need to do, Lord, for you to heal me? How many times do I need to read this scripture? How many times do I need to read the the Bible? How many times do I need to pray? We love putting formulas on things, don't we? Come on, be honest. We love being able to package something into a formula to make it work. But Mary and Martha just flat out, straight up, man, they, they, they went gangster on this. Lord, whom you love. Whom you love, Lord, it is ill. And then let's, let's continue to read down through this. And then Jesus heard and he said, The illness does not lead to death. It is, it is for the glory of God. That can preach right there too. So that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now check that out. If we can, if we can have a paradigm shift, we're supposed to speak like the Father speaks and do as the Father does, right? Okay. So let's look at this. Hey, get a phone call, ring, or whatever song pops up on our new awesome phones, right? And you get a phone call and it's bad news. I'm not kidding you. This has happened before where a couple school years ago, somebody went into the hospital with, with some heart problems and they came in and said, hey, can, Bill, can you pray? I, I really don't want to lead this prayer. And I'm like, uh, okay, I guess so. Like, yeah, I'm not going to say no. So the person asked me that, and I'm like, yeah, I can pray. My first thought was this. How awesome is this that she's sick in the hospital with doctors around her? That's the way my mind thinks. Awesome. Cool. She's sick. And there's doctors there that are going to prove that she's healed. 
This is an opportunity that God gets to be glorified. And Jesus said it himself. Let's change our paradigm. Let's change the way we look at things. Let's stop being so negative. You know what I'm saying? It's so easy to be negative in this world. But if we start thinking like Jesus and we start speaking like Jesus, he says, oh, this illness doesn't lead to death. No, it's for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Amen. Amen. Jesus is getting glorified here tonight. So then Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Man, that's cool to say. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Where he was, then he, then he left. Uh, then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Let's chill out there for a little bit. Because I know my, my, my good friend that I got raised with is sick. So then it skips down to verse 11. After saying these things, because he's saying he's, he starts speaking about travel during the day because you don't trip and stumble, because if whoever walks in the light can see. And then he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go and awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly. Mm, this, starts, this, is, this is when my favorite parts start to get going. In verse 14, then Jesus told them plainly, God, y'all just don't get it yet. We've traveled together for how, how long now? How many campfires have we sat at? How many times have I given you stories and y'all still don't get it? Do I have to speak plainly to you just like the Pharisees? So then Jesus said, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. So that you may believe. So then verse 17. And Jesus came. He found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Okay, now I need some people up here because this, this, my mind just went. Um, Wade, get up here. Chuck Reagan, get up here. Um, Wendy, I almost wanted to call you Amy. Um, Carlton. Yeah, Brooks, because that's easy. Come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up, don't fall back. Come on, hurry up. Thank you, Lord. These guys are uh, Bible college students. Um, thank you, Lord. Who here is dealing with something in their tummy, in their stomach? You come here, young lady. You're going to be our Lazarus. Yeah. We're not going to wrap you up like a mummy or anything like that. Come up over here. What's your name? Liz, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Good handshake. Are you a marathon runner? Oh, Dancer. Okay. Liz, come here. Because you're Lazarus, you're going into the tomb. So you can just chill right there. Now hold on. Now watch. I want you to just start worshiping God and praying to God. Just Awesome. So I'm only being obedient, and this is kind of fun. So we've got Lazarus back here stinking up the, uh, stinking up the cave. She doesn't stink, by the way. Um, but Lazarus did. So... 
as we come through here, we need, we need a few who wants to be Pharisees. Not nobody going to want to be Pharisees. Let's just go like this. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, so now we got the Pharisees up over here, right? And let's just get as far away from them as we can. Religiousness stinks. That probably is what, what Jesus smelled, smelled. It probably wasn't Lazarus. It was probably the Pharisees' stench of religion. Did I just say that? I did. Uh, so this is, this is when it started, my mind starts racing, right? So then, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them. They're the Jews. They're the ones that came to console them, right? So as we read this, she, um, as Mary and Martha, to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard, Martha, 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 heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. You come meet me. I get to play Jesus. It's my story. So Martha, 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 is coming to meet Jesus, right? And Martha says to Jesus, oh, this is too small of lettering for you, huh? Right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. If you, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother, my would, brother not would not have died. have died. Amen. Right on, Martha. But then Martha ends up saying, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. And Jesus said to her, I said to her, your brother will rise again. So then Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again and the resurrection of the last day. And then Jesus said to her again, I am the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life. Whoever believes in Jesus, through he die, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Amen. Okay, you can go back with, with your homies. She said yes to the Lord and walked back. No, I'm joking. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And this is, again, this is just gets fun. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, Reagan, and saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. Reagan, I mean Mary, come over here. And when she heard, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but she was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews were with her in the house consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her. The Jews followed her. Isn't this fun? They followed her, supposing that she was going to go to the tomb and weep there for her brother that had passed away. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. <laughs> I forgot that part. She fell at his feet. Lord, if you had been here. Lord, if you had been here, I can't see. My brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, and this is where it gets amazing. You can stand back up, Reagan. God bless you. <laughs> and this is where it gets really good. The Jews came, right? They came and they were... What do you think the Pharisees were really doing? So this is when it starts getting fun. Pharisees, start backbiting. And doubting, right? 
I swear it is a Bible college, not elementary. So, backbiting, talking bad about Jesus. Woo-wee. So that's what's going on over there. I'm walking away. And this is, this is where it gets good, y'all. He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. That's Jesus. Jesus was weeping. And he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them could not. He who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying. So they were sitting there already saying, oh, well, man, the guy, Jesus, I mean, if, if he was Jesus and he opened the eyes of a blind man, couldn't he have also kept Lazarus from dying? And you know it's sarcastic. You know the Pharisees were sitting there being sarcastic about it, just kind of digging, right? Deeply moved. Could one say that he was moved by compassion? Moved by compassion? How many places have we seen in the, in the scriptures that Jesus was moved by compassion? You know, he went over to the other, he went on the, on the lake to the island, and he was moved by compassion for all the people that showed up for him. And you know what Jesus did? Because he was moved by compassion. He healed all their sick. He didn't say he healed a few. It didn't, the report didn't say that he healed who he liked. It didn't say he healed who he touched. He healed all their sick, the entire community. He was moved with compassion. Jesus is compassion. He was deeply moved and came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it, Jesus. And so he told Martha, take away the stone. And so Martha went and walked over and kind of moved the stone. And the sister of the dead man said to him, wait, no, 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 don't do that. He stinks. Jesus, don't do that, man. Seriously, you don't want me to move the stone. That, it's going to stink. He's been dead for four days. Now, I mean, if you know anything about the world and, and, and geography, it's hot over there. Now, I'm just telling you from my past experiences in law enforcement, I've had the unpleasurable experience of having to go into a lot of homes during the summer of Boise and, and smell unpleasant things of how the body deteriorates. Um, and I'm letting you know, the smell had to have been horrendous when they rolled that stone away. Martha knew what she was talking about. Martha knew exactly what she was talking about. There also, Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus was wise. He knew Jewish tradition. He also knew that the Jews believed that they could also be dead for three days and that the spirit of the body would still be there. And so they wouldn't really believe if, if, if in the third day or the second day or the first day, Jesus came on one of those first three days and was like, Lazarus, get up and come out of that rocks. Dinky man. The Jews would have believed in their tradition. Well, that's no big. The spirit never left the body. Jesus knew what he was playing with. He knew what the Pharisees would say. Why did Jesus sit there? You know, it almost seems earlier in the story that it didn't seem like he cared about Lazarus. Or maybe somewhere along your guys' along your process of healing, maybe you felt that same way. How come it feels like he's not here? How come it feels like I'm not healed? 
because Jesus is somewhere else just being gangster. I can't help say it but like that. But Jesus knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Do we know what we're doing? Are we renewing our mind daily with the word of God? Are we no longer doubting what the world has trained us to think for the last X amount of years? I'm not going to tell how old I am. Not a doubt. So who needs retraining? Jesus doesn't. We do. We need to get in the word. When we need to start speaking the word. Like I said earlier, I need to call things out as though they are. You need to call things out as though they are. Because that's what the word says. I speak what the father speaks. I speak what the father speaks and I do what the father does. Point blank. No other questions. No, no. And ifs about it. It's kind of like when your kids wouldn't listen to you or you told them no, they couldn't go somewhere and they'd be why? Because I'm the dad. Hey, why are, why, Jesus, why am I not healed? Well, because you're not doing what I told you to do because you don't read my word and you don't even know what to do. I'm sorry for saying it that way, guys, but I don't know how else to say it. I know we all love, like, and I do, I love uplifting. I mean, I love it. But I'm telling you right now that if I'm speaking that right now, the Holy Spirit is trying to reach out to somebody's heart right now and say, hey, here's some antidote for what you're going through. It's the word. It's his compassion. We're reading about his compassion right now. And when we read about his word, we read about his compassion, and then we speak as though it is. All of a sudden, that's, that's called faith in action. Faith alone is just hope. Just hope. The word gives us the action. And so as we as we move as we move on. She says, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been in the, he's been dead for four days. Jesus told her, I did did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? Whew. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his hands and said, Father, I thank you. Now this, again, guys, if you've ever wondered about some, some if, if you've been like me, and you've ever wondered about people that you've seen that are evangelists or on TV, um, or you've ever seen an open-air crusade, um, and you see certain things, and, and maybe you sit back and you're like, oh, is that, come on, why do you have to seem like this is a show? I've been there. I've been there. Something I struggle with. I'm, and I'm learning. He seems to laugh at me quite often when he asks me to do things. And this is what I think is funny. Now, if you're wondering why some of those things happen here, he's going to tell you right here. In verse 41, so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his hands and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. Man, thank you, Jesus. I knew that you always hear me. Why? He was a worshiper of God like we talked about earlier in the beginning of the night. He hears the worshipers. Thank you, Father, for that. But I said this, on account of the people standing around, doubting me and doubting you, God, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. Now, this is going to be really cool because this is, this is what I saw in the Spirit, and this is going to be awesome. Jesus cried out in the spirit 
out of compassion, out of love. Look, man, I don't know who that lady is back there. I've never seen her before. I don't know her. In fact, I'm so great with names that I already forgot her first name, Liz. But I call her Lazarus. But what I do know is that I have compassion to her. I have compassion to her. Why? Because Jesus lives inside of me. You know, the students and I were, were, were talking last night and teaching about evangelism, and, and there was a great, great quote. I don't work for love. I work from love. I'm not working for love. I'm not working for, to get it. I already have it. And what I do from it is because of love. So Jesus ends up saying this. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that she's healed right now. Thank you, Jesus, that while she stood in that, while she stood in that cave right there with the stone rolled away, that, that that sickness of her stomach, that disease, that infirmity, it be gone right now in Jesus' name. And, and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out from there. That's what I'm talking about. Lazarus, come out. Amen. And he and he and died. He came out. His hands and feet were bound with linen strips. Her hands are hot and shaking right now. His face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to the disciples, unbind him and let him go. Now, as they do this, I want you guys to get this. Hold up right there. This is powerful. This is like I could teach on this for years and years and never leave this. Because there's so many messages that come from this. We just saw a miracle. Now, I know y'all are thinking that, that I sat back and said, oh, well, yeah, we just saw a miracle. Remember, put yourself in the story of the Bible, and you just saw Lazarus come out. I'm telling you, we just saw a miracle. She's healed. Liz, how's your stomach? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I didn't have this plan. How did you know? Honestly, I'm going to be honest. How did I know she was going to be healed? Because when God told me to do this, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I don't typically think theatrically like this, ever. She got healed. Y'all just saw a miracle. Because God has compassion on his people. Because he first loved Liz. He first loved Liz. So as, as the disciples continue to start unwrapping her, guys, this is us. What junk do we have that we're still carrying around that is death cloths, that is not ours? Unwrap it. Get next to a fellow believer. Get, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say, me and Brother Wade are good, good friends. We are best of friends, to be honest with you. One, because he's a better golfer than me. But we are best of friends. I trust him. We sharpen one another. We sharpen one another. And I allow him to take off the grave clothes of 10 years of being in law enforcement and 30 years of, of, of junk. We have to do that for one another. Because Lazarus could come out all bound up, but how's he going to live? How's he going to live? Lazarus not only received a miracle of life, but he also needed the fellow believer to come and unwrap her, unwrap him, so that she could freely move and freely receive. Who in here tonight needs some grave clothes taken off of them to be freely received? Freely healed. 
I know this message. I love this message. I love this message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, you touch her in a mighty, powerful way right now. More than you've ever, ever, ever. Revelation of her. Ha ha. Change from this point on that she's going to have a revelation of you more so than ever before. Holy Spirit, more. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You heal all those, all those wounds. Those mental wounds be gone right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ha ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, sometimes you just get something on your mouth and you can't get it off. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to. Glory to God. Man. Man. I want to know right now, if you need healed, I want you to get up out of your, out of your, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Get up out of your cave, a.k.a. your seat. Get up out of your cave, and you get up here right now, and you're going to have a bunch of us. Pastor Doug, where are you at? I, he is here. Thank you, Jesus. Get up here. Thank you, Jesus. How do I know this works? Because I know who God is. I know who God is. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, I'm going to have Pastor Doug, and I'm also going to have us, uh, the students here. And believe you, I, I know them. I know them well. And even if I didn't, God told me to use them. I was very specific because he's a very specific God. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.